Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Posh Report podcast. I'm your host, James Maley. I'm delighted today to be joined by AFC Wimbledon fan, Matt Eustace. Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, James. Really happy to be here, mate. Um, no, what I was hoping for yesterday, but um, a decent game and yeah, really glad to be on. Perfect. No, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Always always a pleasure to have guests of the opposition on and, and for the insight they can give. Um, and that's going to be our, our starting point, really. So... Wimbledon obviously have dropped into the relegation zone after yesterday, so currently sitting in 21st. How's how's the season going from your perspective? How's it sort of unfolded and what sort of shape will Wimbledon in coming into this game? It's been um, a really kind of up and down season. We started, you know, really well for um, New Pleasant, which you guys know very well, um, came in. A lot of promising signings came in at the start of the season. And uh, yeah, we were thinking, we we're thinking, you know, pretty positively picked up some decent results, um, you know, towards the start. And then it kind of got towards Christmas time. And, you know, December, January has been a really difficult time for us. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of the stat now. I think it's two points on a possible 33 between the periods, you know, from December to January. And that was, you know, a real tight spot. So it's been funny. At times we've looked great. At times we, you know, we got a win against you in December, taking points from Sunderland. So yeah, we've we've at times looked really good, and at other times we've looked shocking against teams down the bottom. So yes, yeah, it's, it's been a really mixed season. Obviously, we're down the bottom now, uh, been a bit of a relegation scrap. But I think um, you know there is the ability in the team. It's just finding that confidence. But yeah, didn't happen for us yesterday. No, I think League One. I've said this a few times now that there's there's a lot of strong teams and a lot of similar ability teams in a way. So I think it's quite easy to get sucked into a, a bad run if the confidence dips. If if you get one or two bad results, I think that can quite easily, quite easily tumble. We've seen Posh do that in the past um, as well. What, what do you think it is? Because obviously, got off to quite a good start. We're looking strong. Quite a lot of attacking talent in there. Good, good, good. You know, workmanlike midfielders, if you want to use that word. Quite give you a solid base. Never, never going to massively lose that midfield battle. So. It's a tough question, but what do you think is the issue for Wimbledon at the moment? And what do you think would cause that spell of of bad results? I think um, leadership, it's got to be leadership. Um, we've had, you know, a number of different captains this year. Uh, we had, obviously, we had a change of management. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of management, Glenmore's a great coach, but in terms of management, there was no, we lacked a bit of fire. We, you know, at some season, we... Um, we're playing really good attacking football, you know, really positive. But yeah, there's no there's no lead on the pitch just picking us up when they're going down. So, you know, we'll concede or we're going a bad one. And, you know, you, we ask all the time, who's that personality in the dressing room or that personality in the in the backroom team who's really, you know, getting the boys together and picking things up and, it, and it's difficult trying to pinpoint who that person is. So I think I think um, you know, we're one of the youngest sides in the league and, and in terms of you know, those great experienced players, I think that's where we're lacking. You know, I think the talent is there, but in terms of in terms of those um, you know, old heads and that experience, we are lacking on that side for sure. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about leaders and, and we'll come to the management. Before we come to change of management, Woodyard captain yesterday. Interesting from a posh perspective. Um, obviously joined Wimbledon from from Peterborough, was club captain at Posh uh, for a spell as well when he was here. Steve Evans signing who probably never suited um, Ferguson's style of play. 
played him at the base of a diamond. He lacked that tap technical playmaking ability to play there. Played him on the right of a diamond. He, he lacked that that impetus in the final third at times. And he's always a player I felt who was who was very good winning the ball and driving forwards or receiving the ball facing goal. But when he received the ball facing his own goal, I thought he was he was a bit limited and he just didn't suit Fergie's style of play. Um, how's he? How's he going at? How's he going at Wimbledon? And and how did fans feel about him being captain yesterday? He's really popular at Wimbledon. I think um, you know when you think about what Wimbledon supporters want in terms of a um, you know central midfielder, he ticks every box. All he does, and you know as I say, I'm a Wimbledon supporter from a Southern family um, that grew up in Peterborough. So my brother and all my friends are Peterborough supporters. They've had an opinion on it. Um, as you say, for the Peterborough team, you know he was. You know, a, a lot of people weren't a massive fan. Some people did learn, but for us, what he does, he runs and he tackles and he doesn't make, you know, a massive amount of runs forward or, or ping off any great shots. But but for us and what we're looking for, he's a hard worker. He tackles hard. He runs hard. So, yeah, he's he's incredibly popular, you know, with him. Yeah, and he was, he was a player who was really popular with Lincoln fans as well. And again, very much so, so, suited their style of play. I think he suited Posh when Evans was here. He was, you know, he was he was regularly in that Steve Evans side. Um, and I think what you say is right. I think in a in a bottom of the half League One team, he's a very good player. And you saw that yesterday in terms of the energy and the number of tackles he won yesterday in that midfield battle in, in the first half, especially I thought Wimbledon edged that midfield battle in the first half. And he was a big part of that winning the ball in winning the ball back and also winning the ball back in occasions where perhaps other League One midfielders wouldn't win it because of his tackling ability, his tenacity, his desire to do that hard work. Um, but yeah, one that, again, when he left Posh, I think everyone felt that it was the right move for him because he just didn't suit the system at all. Um, and finally, let's focus on the change of manager. So Mark Robinson's come in. I thought there was a lot of positives yesterday, even though the final result, we'll come on to that later. What's What's the Wimbledon's fans' impression of him been and what are the circumstances uh, surrounding the sacking and then him coming in? So with Robert, it's an awesome story, really. Um, he's been with us for, you know, almost since the beginning. He came in as a volunteer, as a coach, and has kind of moved up for our youth system, working with the under-23s, under-18. So he's always been about, he knows the club well. Um, you know, it's always a great start when you've got a gaffer who, you know, is properly investing and has been about and, and you know, really wants... Good things for the side, I guess. Um, in terms of the sacking, um, it was too late, in my opinion, and too late in a lot of Wimbledon supporters' opinions. Um, as I say, we went through that terrible run, and when you're going through that kind of run, you need to see something different. And we weren't. It was the same team going out every week. Same formation, no change of tactic. And, you know, when it came to the interviews after games, you know, the word luck was mentioned a lot. You know, it was bad luck. You know, we lost this game because of bad luck and they got this chance and if things go different, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think with Glenn and his team, uh, there was no there was no master plan. There was no changes being made. So it was the right call for him to leave, I think. Um, in terms of Robert, as I say, he's been about at the club for a long time. Really popular with the fans. Whether it will be the right call, I guess time will tell. Um, but we think he's saying the right things. When it comes to interviews, there's no excuses when we play crap. He he, he says it essentially. He's, he's quite straight up like that. So I think, um, you know, him agreeing with a lot of the supporters in terms of where the team are and where the mistakes and problems are happening is a good start. Whether we can go forward and fix them and, um, 
you know, take us on to better things is another question which, you know, is for him to answer. No, that's interesting. Because if we start moving on to the game yesterday, obviously coming through that Wimbledon setup, a manager I didn't know much about, um, especially in that first half, I was really, really impressed with how he set the Wimbledon side up. I thought you could see clear structures in possession and out of possession. So that in possession shape was that 4 2 3 1. Um, but what he did really intelligently in that first half was out of possession in that high press, he flipped that triangle. So he um, Chislett dropped a little bit deeper into midfield and either Dobson or Woods, Woodyard went and sat at the number six and became like a 4-1-2-3. And what he did there was he matched Posh up with the three attackers against the three centre-backs and the three central midfielders, uh, the two central midfielders against Posh's two central midfielders with then either Dobson or Woodyard as they were alternating, roaming that space in front of the back four, uh, a little more zonal, whereas the others were probably close to like what we call man-to-man structure uh, and making sure that wasn't that space for Dembele or, or Schmodix. And I thought that was a really intelligent, just little subtle change that was clearly going um, and factoring in the opposition. And you saw it in possession as well. I mean, the, you saw when Posh were building from, uh, when Posh were pressing high, the, the understanding of Dobson and Woodyard of when to drop off into, into make, to join the centre-backs. You see a lot of midfielders do it in League One, but often they don't know when to do it. I think Pete Rever player Louis Reed, who likes to drop in, but he drops in too often. But with Dobson and Woodyard, he's taught them to understand that if Posher, if Posher press in with, say, three players in the back four are there, they don't need them. But at one point, Posh pressed with four players and one player would drop off, so they still had a plus one in that build-up phase in the first line. And at one point, Posh had five players high. And you saw simultaneously Dobson and Woodyard immediately drop to make a six, so they could play round Posh's high press with that, that block there. And then you saw lots of switches of play and great support around the ball, wide triangles. You saw midfield players making those in-to-out in runs, trying to get in behind with those wide triangles. And in the amount of time that he's had... Switching from, as you say, Hodges was very strong, 3-5-2 man, to flip that to a 4-2-3-1 and a fluid and flexible in and out of possession shape. And also to get the, the understanding, and just as I think it's three games he's had now, two in the league and one, one in the cup. I thought, that was, I thought that was really, really impressive to see in the first half. Obviously, second half, a few things happened that we'll touch on where he was maybe less impressive. Um, how did you how did you see the game yesterday, especially in that first half period? What are your impressions of of Wimbledon in that game? Uh, it's a tricky one, as you say. Um, I was a fan of the um, three five two, um, and that never changed mid game. So that was, you know, we had that one system. That was what we put our faith in. That was what we stuck to. There was no transition. So as you say, I think it was class to see um, you know Robbo come in and to make those subtle changes to try and find gaps and try and get in behind. Um, I think the first half was a strong performance by us. I think um, we look on the ball. I think we've gone behind a couple of times and, and you know, got some decent chances. Um, but yeah, as you know, and as a lot of teams know, Peterborough are a very, very difficult team to play against. I think um, Dembele in the second half, you know, looked brilliant. I think I think I mentioned earlier about an experience within the team. I think. You know, we spent a long time under Hodges playing with one system and that just being what the team are used to. I think transitions that Robert's trying to make tactically are the right calls. But I think that, you know, the amount of different changes that we experienced in the game yesterday, I think that some of the players, especially the young lads, not struggled, but, you know, it, it 
left them in two minds at points. So yeah, I think I think the first half was, you know, pretty decent, solid as you say, with um, Dobson and Woodyard dropping back to a pattern defence. I thought that worked really well. Um, and then obviously, I, I suppose the message at half time was, you know, keep holding who we are, but you know, let, let's try and, you know, get that free going forward. And yeah, I think. Um, I think what was, you know, a really solid first half really did fall apart. Um, you know, Ben Ballet and Smodic especially really got the better of us. So, yeah, it was a decent start. But once you guys start scoring, you can never seem to stop. No, that's true. I mean, the first half, the first half was a really tight game. I think Wimbledon came with a plan to, to nullify Posh. So, made it hard for Posh to build up. Um, and then with that with that high high press, it was more of a high block then the intention was to turn that ball over in the midfield areas. And I thought they did that really well. I mean, the numbers reflect that. Posh had four shots in the first half, Wimbledon six. XG data from the first half, Posh 0.49, Wimbledon 0.57. So it's, it's a dead even game, really. Low low chance game, couple of chances either side. Um, but Wimbledon did a great job of, of nullifying Posh. I thought, from a Peterborough perspective, it, it was very frustrating half to watch, not necessarily that the players were playing badly, but they just didn't adapt quickly enough for me to what Wimbledon were doing. So with Wimbledon structure, Posh basically had two ways of building out. They could build out via the wing-backs because with the matchup centre-back and in the central midfield area, you saw the system whereby it was there for up to the full-backs to track the wing-backs if they dropped off and to mark them. And you can see sometimes those full-backs weren't quite sure how far up the pitch to come. And at times, Posh were able to build out through the wing-backs with the wing-backs dropping off and, and play that way. And, and they had a bit of success doing that, but too often they would then look to play into that congested midfield area and it, and it, and it, and it would bog down and they go, or they'd go to the wing-backs and go back to the centre-backs rather than going forwards and try and get through the midfield. You saw Thompson, who was playing in the central centre-back role, driving forward through the middle, but driving into that congested area and then having to pass sideways rather than forwards. Um, it was quite a telling statistic, actually. So in the first half, only 30% of Posh's passes went forwards. When the second half, that dropped, that jumped to 45, which is more where they want to be. They want to get forward the ball forward quickly. Um, the other thing I didn't think Posh did often enough was, again, with that system, the risk Wimbledon took was they left a 5v5 at the back. If, if Posh pushed those wing-backs high, pushed Schmodix higher with Dembele and Clark Harris, because they had the five players in that high block, you've immediately got the 5v5. There was space out wide to hit the diagonals into the wing-backs, or there was a chance to play into Johnson Clark Harris. Schmodix was a free man, and Schmodix was superb second half with space to run in behind, and he's a very, very good League One player. I don't want this to sound like an unfair criticism of him, but one of his weaknesses, perhaps, is positioning between the lines to receive the ball. And Posh couldn't really get him into the ball first half. So, as we said, all in all, the job Wimbledon did and the plan they came in to nullify Posh was really, really intelligent. But yeah, so we, we've spoken there about how well Wimbledon did defensively. Perhaps the minor concern was they didn't create that many chances off the back of that really strong defensive um, showing. And that's quite surprising, really, for me, when you've got you've got quality there. You've got Piggott, who's a very good League One striker. You've got Longman, who was playing left wing, who I think is, is destined to play at a high level. You've got Radoni as well. Sure. He's, he's a dangerous player. D did you feel like Wimbledon looked like scoring in that first half? 
Yeah, we were. Well, I say yes, no, not really. We had that one chance, didn't we? Um, stuck across him from Longman, I think, and it came back off um, Kent and Piggott had that, that volley, which kind of went wide and over. I think, um, you know, when we're playing teams like Peterborough, um, you know, whole really got the ability to open us up. We drop, you know, incredibly deep. Piggott, so many times this year, has looked so isolated. And in the first half, that's how it looked for me. You know, we, we were dropping to defence. And as we've said, I think defensively it was a really good performance, but so many times Piggott looked so isolated up top by himself. Um, as I say, a few counters did come forward, put crosses in, and we had, um, you know, that volley in the first half, which I think was probably the best, you know, best chance we had in that first period. But yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, as a lot of people are aware, you know, we're leaking goals at the minute, so there's a big onus in us really, you know, pulling together solid um and kind of reliable defensive performances so yeah i think in terms of chance creation and us going forward you know we are suffering a little bit because of our you know our drive to defensively hold it together um so yeah i'm not sure how many shots did so we had in the first half five six something like that six six in the first half 0.57 xg so yeah what it was one i think it was one good chance that boosted that up and then a few a few pot shots essentially for sure. I mean, as I say, that's always I say. Whenever we're playing a team that has the ability to open us up, as as people do, we do. Um, I mean, even in our game in December, it's how we play. You know, we play, we play deep, we play scrappy without you know midfielders coming back to support defence. And then we, you know, we looked to counter, but yesterday that just didn't seem to be working at all. As I say, we had that volume, we had a few chances, but yeah, the counter attacking football which we've been trying to play all year. You know, against Peter and against a lot of other teams up at the top, just it's pretty ineffective. So yeah, we did have that volley, we did have a couple of chances, but um, you know, I, I don't think as a Wimbledon supporter, I came in expecting us to try and rip you guys apart on the back. You know, it is about holding it together. You know, giving that good defensive performance and then trying to break and counter where we can. So yeah, in terms of the first half overall, I was pretty happy to play both defensively and attacking. You know, it it was decent, it was solid. You know, from my perspective. No, I think that's fair. I think um, there were some nice patterns from Wimbledon. I thought I was, I was, I've not watched loads of Wimbledon th- this year, um, but obviously seen seen you in the past and, and more last year, and always felt like a much more direct side than what it felt yesterday. Obviously, do go do go direct, do go long at the right times, um, but actually a lot of the long passes were di- exactly that. So Wimbledon's long pass percentage yesterday was nineteen point three. I don't have the breakdown, but I'd say a lot of those weren't just long pumps, they were long diagonals and switches of play um, to try and stretch really? play and play wide. So I thought I thought there was a lot, quite a few nice patterns that, that you put together. Um, mentioned those wide triangles and getting really good support around the ball and try and switch and isolate uh, 1v1 as well. What I thought maybe lacking was that penetration. There was a moment about three, I think about three minutes in, it's about the first time Wimbledon had uh, an attack of note. And immediately, with Butler was pushed high on the left wing, and they went and they just knocked it over Beavers' head to Rudoni oh. uh, to run onto. And I thought, okay, that's going to be their plan, right? We've, Beavers was playing left centre back, really strong defender, but but a bit too slow to defend those wide areas. Not comfortable defending those wide areas. No teams really managed to exploit him yet. I thought Wimbledon are definitely going to look to do that with Rudoni, and they just never did that again for the rest of the game. And even with these right triangles, the only runners they really got in behind were deep runners from midfield with those in-to-out runs and just maybe lacked 
I was surprised how little Longman was running in behind. So maybe lacked that little bit of that little bit of penetration going in behind, and maybe that's an area that I think these these patterns that that um, the managers worked on early. I think the next stage for in Wimbledon's development is going to be that progressing that and and carrying more of a threat in attack and getting and getting more sustained possession of final third, but also stretching play and getting runners in behind a bit more. Now, the key moment in the entire game for me happened in the 37th minute. So in the 37th minute, Fergie switched posh from that 3-4-1-2 they started out with, where MK were managing to match them up man for man um, as in posh's build-up phase. And then they switched to a 4-2-3-1. Now, what that did immediately was it freed up a player, a spare player on the first line by having the fullbacks and, and the centre-backs on the same on the same line. And it immediately meant that where Posh's passing had been slow, they've been trying to find options, they've been trying to force options, maybe force the ball through midfield. Immediately that ball was moving quicker. They were able to progress the ball more. It gave them high width as well. So we immediately saw Kent hitting long diagonals to either Ward or to Dembele, who was, who was playing high and wide on either side. And it just gave Poch way more options to build in. Defensively, with Wimbledon looking to build in those wide areas, gave Posh those two wide players out wide to, to manage that threat, manage those wide triangles that, that Wimbledon were trying to create. Did you notice that switch as well? Did you, did you think that was a key, key moment in the game? Or do you think there was something that Wimbledon did that, that maybe was the reason why the game went the way it did? It's about, I think it's a mix of both, to be fair. I think, um, you know, a lot of teams have, have made that similar transition and we've struggled. I think, I think um, you know, I've mentioned, I've mentioned this, um, you know, real defensive form we have. So I think, I think especially with Glenn, you know, there was a really, um, you know, kind of two-dimensional um, defensive setup, and whenever, whenever, whenever there's a major transition or a major change, we do seem to struggle. So I think, I think, um, you know, we're struggling to get that balance right of, of, you know, holding that strong line, but also being prepared for changes that the opposition might make. So yeah, I think it's a balance. I think you know, as I, as I, you, and everyone else knows, defensively, Wimbledon really are. You know, and a bit of a mare at the minute and a bit of a struggle. We don't know who our best centre-back is. There's changes across the back line all the time. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, when Peterborough or any other team has made that kind of transition, you know, we've struggled. You know, there's different people in the back line. And, yeah, so, yeah, any, any kind of transition like that, I feel like we've really struggled with so far this year. No, I'd agree with that. I mean, I gave, I gave Robinson a lot of praise for how he set you guys up in, in, in the first instance. I think he got his response to the change wrong. So obviously those last seven minutes, there was no change in the first half. There's no change to the Wimbledon setup. So Posh were, were moving it quickly. We're, we're playing out wide, getting getting good ball progression. I said I said at halftime, is he going to change it up? He's going to have to change something. I said maybe because of the principles he's playing of stopping the build at play, he'll switch to a 4-2-4, which second half, that's, that's exactly what he did. So... Obviously, the in-possession shape was the same, but out of possession, um, the number 10, which was Chislett, stepped up higher to create that to create that four-man high block with the two centre mids then trying to mark Brown and, and Taylor. The, the huge issue that left, not only did it leave you 4v4, it vacated that space in front of the defence. And once that space in front of the defence was vacated, 
Posh were able to get Dembele and Schmodix in the game uh, so much more. You saw that really for the, well, for both goals. So in the build-up to the first goal, not not only was it a fantastic counter-attack when Posh, when Posh got the ball, but the reason why Posh were able to get the ball into the opposition half in the first place was that that space was so big, they were able just to clip a ball into Schmodix's chest. Posh's attack broke down, found the goalkeeper, and then from that from that second phase, they transitioned and scored that really nice goal. Um, and we know what a threat Posh are in transition with Dembele and Smodic's pace running in behind. That's how they want to play. The second goal as well, we saw it again. When, when Posh attacked, both Dobson and Woodyard had vacated that space, pushing up on the centre mids. And Schmodix was really, really intelligent in the way when the ball went wide, he just held that space. He just he just stayed in the space in front of the back four, received the pass and went and scored the goal. There were so many things I saw from a Wimbledon perspective that would have had me absolutely tearing my hair out if I was a Wimbledon fan. They didn't react at all to the fact that Thompson had gone high. So when the ball went long diagonally to Thompson, Posh had a 5v4 against that Wimbledon back four. So um, Longman, I think it was, he was on the left wing, didn't react and, and drop off at all. They just maintained that same shape, even though Posh had sent the full back high. And then Dobson's recovery to try and win possession back, and he just, just, just so poor. Lacked that desire to come and, and challenge for the ball. But from a Peterborough perspective, not only did Wimbledon fail to react to that change and you saw you saw Robinson was complete, constantly shuffling it around. So after that second goal, he went back to that same first defensive structure. Then he switched it later in the game to a 4-4-2, but he couldn't react and find that solution to the posh change. For me now, as a Peterborough fan, posh need to start setting up in this 4-2-3-1 shape. A couple of reasons. Yes, Posh are really solid defensively, but we've seen on a number of occasions now in recent games, Gillingham away, Shrewsbury away when it was too late, they were 2-0 down. Posh switched this 4-2-3-1. They look so much more effective pressing high. They look so much more effective on the ball. And I've been thinking now since about maybe December, when Posh shifted Beavers around to left centre-back, he's done really well to adapt to this, this new role he's had to play at left centre-back. But what it means, less so defensively, more so in possession, that left centre-back role is vital in the back three for the build-up and to progress the ball. And Beavers is a very safe passer. He's slow to see passes. It's not his strength. That was part of the reason why he was so good in the middle of the central partnership and why he's better now or probably more effective if he's not playing central in three, playing left in the back two because those creative responsibilities are much less. The other thing that it did when we shifted Part of Nathan Thompson's problem at Posh, I say it's a problem, he's probably Posh's best defender in the middle of the three, on the right of the three, and at right back. And they moved him to the middle of the three to stop him picking up so many bookings. But what it means is, we saw it in the first half, when he's doing his driving runs, he's trying, he's trying to drive the ball forwards, but he's driving it into players, in, into traffic. He's also very good through split passes. He's an intelligent passer, Thompson. It's, a, it's an area of his game which is underrated. Played a very nice through pass in the first half to Dembele, but he does it much less in that central position. When he shifts to right back, the impact he can have going forward, we saw it for that second goal, and also his link-up with Ward is so, so good. Having, having those two together, working in tandem, Posh just looked like a completely different creative threat. Final thing it does, 
it frees up Taylor to go forwards more. And this is something that's confused me a little bit. I'm not sure, or I'm not 100% sure why Taylor's able to step forwards more from the, in this 4-2-3-1 than in the 3-4-1-2 or 3-4-2-1, whatever, whatever you want to call it, because he's still playing in that double pivot. The only thing I can think of is that maybe Fergie wants a five and five split. So five players in the build-up phase, five players higher up, which means that when Posh are playing in the three, he wants his centre mids to come and stay deep. When they switch to the four, with the fullbacks a little bit deeper, Taylor's then allowed and has that freedom to step on into the final third and become that fifth player. And he's just so much more effective when he's got that impetus to play that box-to-box role, driving high up the pitch. And, and even with the fullbacks, Butler gets in behind more when he's working in tandem with Dembele than when he's playing that wing-back role in his own. And I know that the, the back three has strengths from a people perspective, but even just from an entertainment point of view, want to see Posh playing this 4-2-3-1 more often. The stats, the stats say it all, said already about the forward passes, passes per possession, so each possession. In the first half, Porsche had 4.27 passes per possession on average, which is quite high. I've said in the past, Porsche, Porsche aren't a great possession-based team. They're an awesome transition team. They're awesome when they get the ball forwards into space and can punish that. Second half, 3.04 passes per possession. So the phases are shorter, but they're getting the ball forwards much more quickly. 11 shots in the second half compared to the four in the first half. Six counter-attacks in the second half. Six transitions because of that more effective high press compared to one in the first half. XG second half, 2.65, which for one half of football is very, very impressive, especially when you don't have a penalty. Often when you see those stats are boosted by a penalty or maybe even two penalties uh, to get that a little bit higher compared to 0.49 in the first half. So my my request of Fergie was, yes, from a Wimbledon perspective, they struggled to, they struggled to adapt to Posh's change, but also... From a Peterborough perspective, we've seen time and time again now in recent weeks, switching shape just suits these players much more than trying to force Thompson into the middle of the back three than trying to force Beavers at to left centre-back. Hopefully now this game will be the impetus for Fergie to make that switch permanent. We saw them trading 1-0 at Gillingham, change shape, looks so much stronger. We saw them yesterday, 0-0 at half-time, changed it just before half-time, looks so much more effective in the second half. Okay, so that was Posh's performance in the second half. Really strong attacking performance. Dominated that that second half, especially the early 10-15 minute spell when they got those two early goals. Saw it out quite comfortably. Wimbledon did have one quite good chance to get back into the game. You spoke about the lack of transitions, the lack of threat and transition earlier in the podcast. They did have one very good transition. Forced that save from Pim. And it was the same... Uh, move whereby Sharon Harrison ended up getting injured. Now, just watching it, it had that long, I think it was eight minute break. Harrison had only been on the pitch 10, 15 minutes, if, if even that. And I just remember watching that on his debut and I felt flat as a Peterborough fan watching it. And I felt that when the game carried on, I felt Wimbledon looked flat in their, or a little bit flatter in their play. Do you think that had an impact on the second half? Definitely. I mean, first half, absolutely gaffed. This game was cut short. Like you, as Wimbledon supporters, we've done a lot of research into the geezer and he seemed like a really good, strong, technical player who really could have pulled us out of this little slump we're having at the minute. So, mercy all the best to him and hopefully, you know, we can get him back as soon as possible. But yeah, I think um, in terms of attacking, we've gone flat. 
we weren't producing some of the opportunities on the counter we had in the first half. And he came into the game and kind of changed the game. People were something different to think about. So, you know, I've seen five, ten minutes of him on. And, you know, we were two-nil down and I was thinking, you know what, this kid's showing something. Maybe there is a way back into this game. And then the chance came. Um, unlucky by Longman, a good strike. Great save by Pim. As a wilderness but I'm still not exactly sure. I've watched the injury back so many times. I'm not sure whether it's, um, you, you know, the ground that's... The ground that's caused some kind of issue, the, the word is it's some kind of ligament damage, how long we'll be out for, I'm not sure. But yeah, definitely, I think it came on, there's a bit of a buzz, you know, both from supporters and the team, and for him to, you know, come off so soon, definitely hit the boys, I think. I think that's, you know, something positive that was coming through and, you know, making the changes, something that seemed to be working, you know, to leave the field so soon really was, you know, a bit of a blow for the boys out there, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Harrison's a player I know a little bit about, I've, I've scouted him for for a company I do some recruitment work for. Um, and yeah, as you say, really, really good technical player, maybe a little bit short of pace, came through Tottenham Academy, did really well in the Dutch second tier with Elmer City, um, was released in in January. I'm not too sure why he was released. I think it might have been a budget thing, but I'm not 100% sure um, why why they let him go. But yeah, as you say, at League One level, I think he, I think he could make a difference. I think he could could give you that, that little bit of creativity um, that was perhaps missing from the from the Wimbledon performance, especially in those central areas. I really felt there was a there was a lack of that creative spark, that 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 ability to to make that game changing that game changing pass. I know Dobson tries to like be that little playmaker from deep, but and and he sent some good diagonals out. And he sent some not so good diagonals. Um, yeah. But higher higher up the pitch, I think that's definitely something that he could he could add to the team. So yeah, all, all the best to Harrison, and hopefully he's he's not out for as for as long as it looks like he might have been. Um, moving on from the game, so you've seen Peterborough twice now. You've seen Wimbledon beat them uh, at home, and then at um, in Peterborough, Posh came out with a rather convincing win yesterday. Up to second in the table, I'm sure you've seen most of those teams in the in and around the top six play now. Where would you rank Posh compared to those? other top teams from what you've seen and, and where do you see them going for the rest of the season? It's a really tricky one. It's a really tricky one. Um, I think, um, you know, something's been really good to see. As I, as I say, my friend, my brother, especially a massive women, sorry, massive people fans. Um, yesterday, I just wanted to turn it on and, um, you know, my brother Ben has been saying for a long time that he wasn't showing what he showed it back in the last season, but yesterday I think he really showed what he's got in his locker. He is some player when he's on it and when he's got the space to um, do what the boy does. Um, Dembele as well, I, I think the two of them are absolutely fabulous as players. I think they're absolutely key um, to the success this season, whether it is going for their automatic sort of playoffs. I think... I think... Um, you know, at the, at the top of the league, there, there are so many good teams at the minute, it is really difficult to call. I think... So my back went quiet from it. I think um, Lincoln will fall away. I believe that. I really do. I think I think at times, Hull looked really strong. Peter will look really strong. Doncaster yesterday, great result to get that goal late. For me, I think the Burnley and the Hull are going to be this consistent when they go to those, um, you know, automatic promotion places. I think eventually Lincoln will 
fall away. I believe they will get the playoffs, but I think they will fall away from the automatic positions. I really think it is a toss-up between Hull, Donny and Peterborough at the minute for those automatic spots. You fancy Donny, do you? They've gone through a little bit of a, a tricky patch last four games. Um, for sure, yeah. I think they've, I think they've won. You know, the one yesterday was, I think, the first in five. You know, I think they have had two or three defeats in the last couple of fixtures. But I think when I've seen them against Wimbledon in another games, they're, they're top draw. I think there's definitely the quality and the ability for them to, you know, definitely push on. They've had a bit of a bad passion and, and yeah, who knows, who knows. But, you know, when I've seen them play, they have been, you know, one of those really top performing, quick transitioning teams. They've got the games in hand as well over Hull, so, you know, especially getting that draw yesterday has definitely helped them out. But, yeah, we'll we'll see how they do. I do believe, from what I've seen personally, you know, teams that have played Wimbledon, Hull looked right against us. Obviously, you didn't get a result in December, but yesterday, I think, you know, you're the team in form. And, yeah, Donny, I, I honestly believe that Donny has got some real quality in their side and, that, you know, there is a potential for them to, you know, really push on. And, um, and yeah. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting quirk of the fixtures. I think Posh played Donny twice in the last three games of the season, or twice in the last four, maybe. Um, so they could be real promotion. promotion. That would be massive. Yeah, yeah. That, that that could be a real interesting run against Posh's last four or five games of the season. Look, look, absolutely brutal. Uh, going to going to be playing some of the top teams in the league. Although to flip that, we've seen in the, when Posh have played the top teams in the league at times they get a little bit more space. Very, very effective at capitalising space. Went on a great run back end of last season when they were playing almost exclusively teams in the top 10. Um, so, so it might, counter, counter argument is, if they come into that game in a decent run of form, it might suit them playing playing that style of game. Um, yeah, with, with Donny, I, I agree with you, they're a good team. I think the, the question mark, the question we don't know with them yet is how much losing Whiteman in January is going to affect them. I mean, obviously they brought in Bostock and, it, and it's... And it seemed in those first couple of games after he left, they, you know, you got those, you got those highlights of those nice passes they were playing, those line breaking passes that Bostock was playing through midfield, and you're like, oh, it's not going to affect him at all. And then all of a sudden, they've gone on this run of performances. As you say, got that really late, twelve minutes of injury time or something, and scored right at the end of it against Hull yesterday. How one, how much of a boost is that? And then the other question mark is how much of this run is just coincidence? Like, would how much of it is not in relation to Whiteman and, and it's not affecting them too much? Or is this run we're seeing now going to be more the norm for them in terms of they've lost such a talismanic central midfielder that it's going to be hard for them to recover? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think there's so many twists and turns left. At the minute, Posher, an incredible run of form. for one, one of the last four games. Obviously, there's going to be another sticky patch. You know, Posher going to lose games between now and the end of the season. All the other teams around Posh have perhaps not been on the best run of form. And, and at some point, they're going to go on a run of form. I just think there's so many twists and turns. But I think one thing we see now is Posh will be in the automatic promotion race, I think, between now and the end of the season. I, I'd be very surprised if, if Posh dropped out of the playoffs now, outside that top six. I think we're going to be challenging up there. But yeah, I, I think I think Lincoln are there to stay. And like, and like yourself, I think Portsmouth, Sunderland, Oxford, Accrington, all close enough to still have a say in that, that automatic promotion run. Oxford maybe a little bit too far, but but they could they could come up there as well. So there's there's going to be you no know, six seven teams I think, and there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing teams in the form teams out of form. Um, what you said about Schmodix and Dembele is just huge. Like 
when when posh are able to play quickly are able to transition are able to get schmodex running in behind i don't think there's a better player in this division with better movement in terms of his speed his explosiveness the angles of his run the timing of his runs running in behind the effectiveness of those runs i don't think there's a better player in this division doing that than there is sammy schmodex the issue you have with him is when and, and you said your, your friend was saying about how he, he'd not had the best start to the season. A lot of that was due to Posh spending too much time with the ball in the build-up phase, him coming deep and then not having that space to run into and not getting the ball in the right areas. If you can give him that service, then, then as I say, his, his ability to run in behind his movement is going to be huge. Dembele, the form Dembele's been following a little bit of a sticky patch in December when I never thought he was quite as bad as some people fans thought he was towards the end of back end of last year. I just think expectations were so high from the start they made to the season and he dropped off a little bit. Um, and Fergie was getting really frustrated with him how much he's given the ball away. His, his final ball, I don't know what's happened. That's always been a little bit of an issue. It's always been a little bit inconsistent. But the last couple of games, his decision-making of when to dribble, when to pass has been spot on. He, he obviously got the assist for the first goal when he released the ball rather than shooting in that situation. Really good decision. And then he played in the second half. He played like a clipped through ball about halfway through the half. The sort of pass I just didn't know he had in his locker. You know, his his passing range and his passing vision seems to have come in a lot recently. I think credit the coaching staff for that as well. His decision making seems to have come on. He's going for a real purple patch in a moment. Posh have a front three, if you include Ward, a front four, as good if not better than anyone in this, this division. And that's part of the reason why I'm so keen for them to play this 4-2-3-1. Because when they play the 4-2-3-1, games become a little bit more open. They come a little bit more end-to-end. And if you get into shootouts, I back Posh to win those shootouts a lot more often than I would back them to maybe win those those tighter games that, that they were perhaps losing when or drawing when they were going through their slightly sticky patch playing with the back three, looking genuinely solid-ish, but maybe conceding the odd goal and not looking anywhere near as dangerous going forwards. Um, last thing I'll ask you then, what's your expectations for Wimbledon between now and the end of the season? I was quite positive on them yesterday, and I think there's quality in that side. I guess the question mark is a few of the teams down the bottom have come into a little bit better form. You know, Rovers are going to be changing managers. Burton look a much better team. And the Hasselbank, I know they lost to Sunderland yesterday, but he's got them much more organised. Do you see Wimbledon staying up this year? It's um, absolutely a question of confidence. I think, I think if uh, we can, um, you know, get a couple of points on the board, you know, take points from some of those tricky games and beat the people we need to be, if we can build that confidence over the next couple of games, I think we're in a really good place. If we you know, continue this downward spiral, I think we're going to be in real trouble. As I say, and as you've alluded to, I think there's ability, I think there's talent in the team, and I don't believe, ability-wise, we're, we're in the bottom four. Um, but yeah, as I say, I think, I think between December and January, it's hit us really hard, confidence really is on the floor. So yeah, here's a question of, can we get it together? Can we build that confidence? Can we find that leader within the team to take us forward and drive us out of this trouble? So yeah, as a support, I've got to say we're going to get out of it, but um, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this this spell now is huge, right? You, you've got the new manager coming in. Let's call it. I know he's in the house, but let's call it fresh ideas in terms of from a management perspective. You you know you, you the shackles are off in terms of 
the things that weren't working, the formations changed, slight tweaks to the structure side of play. And it's one of those now where if you can get a bit of momentum now and put away from that, that relegation zone, that's that's huge. And I think I think Wimbledon end up staying up quite comfortably. As you say, the flip side is the issue is if you get the new manager come in and now this defeat leads to another defeat and another defeat and nothing changes. As you say, I think that confidence then drops and, and I think it could be a, a long and, and tough season. Personally, I think, as I said earlier, I think you've got enough quality. Um, I think I, I'm surprised Swindon have got out of that relegation. So I think you've got a better team, better, right, team, yeah. better team than Swindon. The worry for me from a Wimbledon point of view is how good a Burton going to be between now and the end of the season. And I think it could end up being between Wimbledon, Burton, perhaps Rovers and Rochelle getting sucked into it. But I've kind of got a feeling that, that they might get away from it. So I think it could come down to Wimbledon and Burton for that last that last survival push. Um, but we'll end it there, Matt. All the best to Wimbledon for the rest of the season. Thanks very much for coming on. And um, thank you to everyone who listened at home.